Revenue marketing is a hot topic in organizations that depend on marketing to play a critical role in driving results. Today, we're joined by Mark Emond to explore the current trends in revenue marketing and how they can impact your success. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. I enjoy helping generous leaders grow their revenue and their impact. The conversation we have for you today with Mark Emond is fascinating. You're going to be interested to learn what trends emerged from the 2021 Revenue Marketing B2B Benchmark Report. Stay tuned because some of the data may surprise you. As we begin, I want to say how excited I am about the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. Each weekday from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern on March 1st through 10th, we are going to be inspired and challenged by marketing and sales thought leaders, including some Revenue Growth Podcast alumni like Mark Hunter, Jim Carr, Meredith Elliott Powell, and Daryl Prale. The entire event is focused on bringing marketing and sales together to drive new levels of success in in 21 and beyond. You can grab your ticket at www.2021alignmentchallenge.com. And thanks to our friends at VanillaSoft and the generosity of our presenters, the event is available to us absolutely free. So visit 2021alignmentchallenge.com or text the word ALIGNMENT to 21000. That's alignment to 21,000 and save your virtual seat and get access to the recordings. What's changing in the world of marketing as we enter 2021? Mark Eman's team just completed the 2021 Revenue Marketing B2B Benchmark Report. And what they learned is fascinating. Whether you work in sales or marketing, you're going to find this conversation interesting and applicable. The findings of this research are very compelling, challenging all of us to think about how marketing and sales need to work together to drive to the end goal, increasing revenue. You're going to learn a lot from Mark, so grab a pen and a notepad and get ready to learn after a word from our sponsors. Mark, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thank you very much, Daryl. It's great to be on. Well, it's fun today to talk to not only a fellow revenue junkie, but also a fellow Canadian. And I am completely fascinated by the work that you're doing. In particular, the things that you learned from the Revenue Marketing Benchmark Report that came out for 2021 it is fascinating seeing the trends that are going on. And, you know, as, we, as we're coming out of, of 2020, which was had so many things that were unexpected, not all of the unexpected things out of 2020 have been bad and really quite the opposite, I think, in a lot of ways, right? 
Yeah, I mean, we we have, as we were chatting before we started rolling here, we have seen tremendous growth in our, our own business. And then the, the B2B clients we serve in uh, organizations, uh, you know, in the technology industry and financial services have experienced growth that, you know, as I said, if, if you didn't know there was a pandemic going on and you just peered into the businesses of our clients um, and our own business, you wouldn't suspect it, it to be going on, right? We, we, when the pandemic started, we, of course, re-forecast as most organizations did what our year would look like mm-hmm. and, you know, really thought we'd see a downturn and it's been quite the opposite. You know, we've, you know, probably maybe not surprisingly, we've seen organizations certainly double down on digital, drive the pace of digital marketing transformation significantly, and really invest in looking at marketing as a driver of growth and, um, you know, uh, alignment with sales. And so, you know, the results, as you alluded to in our uh, B2B revenue marketing benchmark report, really point to that, where marketing is certainly more involved um, than ever in being responsible and accountable for driving top line uh, pipeline and revenue growth and for delivering on that and for having to really transform everything from the way they work with sales to Mm -hmm. the technology they use to their marketing practices and processes for really driving growth and um, delivering a great client experience. You know, as as we all know, the client um, buyer journey and who they engage with, how they interact with sales and marketing interdependently in a nonlinear manner throughout the buyer journey has tra- changed dramatically in the last mm-hmm. five to 10 years. And so, you know, we've, and we've seen that acceleration um, really hit, um, you know, hyper growth uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. When you're talking about buyer experience and client experience, you're speaking my love language on this, Mark. This is so uh, such an interesting uh, report. And by the way, we'll put the link to this report in the show notes. But right at the beginning of, of this report, I think what's fascinating is you have tracked the historical usage and acceptance of the term revenue marketing. And I think it's fair to say that uh, revenue marketing as a term, based on your research, looks like it is uh, finally more than tipped. It's kind of becoming, uh, if you will, a household uh, term in the business community now, which is exciting. Yeah, you know, it's it's a um, it's a term that we have championed for a number of years now, and you know, we believe it's a really important indicator of the role that marketing plays and and the evolution of marketing. Right? If we if we think back, you know, maybe perhaps to when you and I started our careers, marketing and B two B marketing. It was really hard to measure and, mm-hmm. and you know hold accountable to the top line of the organization, and um, you know the the uh, values that CMOs um, talked about. Not that there were really CMOs. The values that VPs of marketing or SVPs of marketing talked about 20, 25 years ago were values that didn't necessarily align to the values that the CEO, you know, cared about first and foremost, things like brand equity and brand awareness. Mm-hmm. And today they are absolutely accountable to driving the top line of the company. And so revenue marketing to us is a really important indicator, the growth of the, of the term, the use of the term and the alignment, most importantly, of marketers to being revenue marketers is a really important um, symbol of transformation within marketing from fuzzy, um, you know, awareness and equity values, which we're big believers in. You need awareness, you need equity to drive demand, to drive revenue. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately marketing needs to be accountable for what 
um, top line metrics are they contributing to? And so we love the fact that, you know, as you alluded to, the term revenue marketing has grown from when we started this um, survey four years ago, only 64% of respondents were familiar with the term revenue marketing. Now it's 88%. Are Fantastic. That's, that's fascinating. And, and really that, I think a lot of that evolution probably goes um, back to just the scorecards now, um, it seems like there's been a pretty big shift in the last decade from top of funnel to not just bottom of funnel as the scorecard, but the actual P&L, right? Are you actually making it through? And um, the warm fuzzies of the MQL uh, and even the SQL are getting put a little more in the background compared to revenue now, according to some of this research. Yeah, I think it's um, absolutely. We're seeing the number one metric that marketers are are focused on and measured on today is is revenue. Um, that was clearly the number one uh, metric that came out in this research. And I think it's great. You know, it points to as you just said, marketers being accountable for not only driving the top of the funnel, but the, you know, a recognition that the buyer today it's not marketing that's in control of the buyer journey. It's not sales that's in control. Mm -hmm. It's the buyer. And they are choosing, even in a complex B2B um, buying process, to interact with sales and marketing throughout the entire buyer journey in an unpredictable manner, in a nonlinear manner. So marketing and sales have to work together as one unified team throughout the buyer journey. And marketing needs to be accountable for delivering content and enablement tools and great digital experiences at all stages of the buyer journey. When we work with clients to re-architect a web journey experience, we're looking at what are you making available in terms of content and messages for people who are not in an active buyer journey, for people who are at the, the start of their buyer journey or the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel, the bottom of the funnel, and for clients at all stages of a client life cycle from onboarding to advocacy to education to those looking for um, additional products or services from you. And it's that recognition, I think, of marketers that, hey, we can't just be lead generators. We've got to speak to buyers and clients at all stages of their journey. I love it. Absolutely love it. And this is so much the heart and the mindset behind the uh, 2021 sales and marketing alignment challenge coming up uh, that we talked about in the show introduction. Um, and, and I think that this is the time, like 2021, for so many companies, um, you know, I've, we've been saying on the podcast, this is a make or break year for a lot of organizations. I mean, let's face it, you know, some people did really well in, in 2020, but some companies really had a hard time. It's this, you know, if, if there ever is a time where we've got to get strategic and get aligned, and I think here focused on the end result, which is revenue, it's right now. And I love, uh, I, I'm actually really encouraged uh, by the research here that's coming out, just showing that, you know, companies are looking to marketing um, as a revenue driver and not, you know, not the other end of the continuum, you know, as a branding and uh, goodwill generator, but all the way through. And this hits pipeline, which, you know, in marketing, we haven't always, uh, historically been, we talked about the funnel, we'll get it down to the top, but you salespeople, then you push it through the pipeline. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. 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 No, 100%. I think we, we clearly see uh, organizations who are more aligned 
in their sales and marketing efforts, uh, you know, thriving or moving towards a more thriving um, posture than those who are still in silos, right? Or those who refuse to believe that the two need to work together or that marketing plays a key role in advancing a buyer journey. You know, as, as I mentioned, we, we are firm believers that a unified go-to-market approach with sales and marketing, you know, sales plays and marketing campaigns being in sync with planning and communication processes being in sync with ongoing pipeline cadence reviews with marketing and sales sitting together on a weekly basis to review pipeline gaps and joint actions that they're taking collectively are essential to the health and growth of an organization. Well, I love that. Um, I love the concept of, of getting sales and marketing in the same room working to solve problems together and, and getting them in the room to look at pipeline and where is it clogged? Where is it stalling? Where's the friction? Um, it was interesting to see uh, in the research, it looked like uh, the research showed that 41% of marketers expect to influence more than 50% of the pipeline. Unpack that for us. Yeah, you know, I think it's a recognition that um, that in a complex B2B sales cycle, I'm always a big believer that it's kind of folly to say, you know, we are responsible or this program was or this event or this digital touch was responsible for this deal, right? It's attribution. I want attribution. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And the fact of the matter is, in a not, you know, six, nine, 12, 24 month sales cycle, it's not about a single action. It's about a coordinated set of actions mm -hmm. across sales and marketing. So marketing influencing and helping to optimize conversion and acceleration, I think is what organizations should be focusing on rather than saying, hey, based on first touch attribution, we drove this lead, right? You may have brought somebody. You may have brought somebody in, but if you didn't have a coordinated set of actions, if the orchestra wasn't playing in unison, then the song would fall flat, right? Right. It's about, yes. It's about all instruments playing together in unison throughout the life of that song that produces beautiful music, and it's the same, you know, when it comes to converting a lead to a closed one deal in a complex, long um, B two B sales cycle. I think that the analogy of an orchestra or a band really is a, a good analogy. And, and the reality is, um, unless we're playing from the same shitty music at the same time, you know, that's such a great analogy of misalignment in marketing. The, the prospect and the clients listening in going, this is terrible. You yeah. know, how do we, how do we pick that up? And I'm just, uh, now I'm thinking about what instrument the marketing team is playing versus the sales team. So, <laughs> uh, that's got a whole other podcast, but exactly. you know, it's interesting because when you think about, um, measuring the effect of marketing, you know, in kind of, I'll, I'll say the old days where it was, you know, we could count MQLs, we could count SQLs. Those were, countable we could do the old uh the old service level agreement between sales and marketing which i think is garbage right this is this is not a the world we're in today is not a marketing you get it to this point and then hand it to us and we'll get it and then we'll hand it to the customer success team and they'll take it from there the reality is this has got to be a coordinated effort with all the different players working in concert to to deliver. So here's my question mm -hmm. is Mark, how how are you seeing companies um, measure the impact of marketing at various stages of the pipeline? 
Well, the reality is we see, you know, we see different um, KPI structures and in some cases limited KPIs in, you know, across organizations, right? I think marketers are, are moving more to a recognition that um, more advanced funnel metrics is what they should be focused on. And the, the research that we just ran bears that out, right? We've seen a, mm-hmm. a transition from, as you just mentioned, MQL-based metrics which we're not a huge fan on. We think it it incentivizes a huge volume of marketing qualified mm-hmm. leads, not necessarily quality. To those who are focused more on, you know, SQLs, uh, pipeline and revenue, um, be it initiation or influence. And that's where, you know, we're big believers that the closer you can get to the um, metrics that matter to sales, the better aligned marketing and sales is going to be. There's nothing worse. I've lived this before. There's nothing worse than marketing cheering when they hit a goal and sales is having a terrible quarter. You know, that (laughs) will destroy sales and marketing alignment, right? You know, we we hit our MQL goal and sales is saying, we're going to come in at 30% of our number this quarter. Why are you guys celebrating? Right. So I think that's where CMOs and, you know, CROs, chief sales officers mm-hmm. need to get together and figure out, okay, if we're really going to drive this thing, if we're going to be unified, it starts with measurement and it even goes to compensation. I've lived personally on the client side where we were compensated based on two metrics that were aligned with what sales is measured on. And that more than anything else drove marketing to act in a manner that focused on how are we going to drive the top line mm-hmm. and be in alignment with sales. And just in doing that, that improved our sales and marketing relationship immensely. Interesting. I'm curious as you went through and um, did this research and you've been doing this now for four years. Did I hear that right? Correct. Yeah. What was the biggest, what were some of the biggest surprises from the research in, you know, 2021? Obviously 2020 was hopefully an anomaly in our uh, life cycle. Hopefully that doesn't become a habit. You know, what, what were some of the bigger surprises out of uh, last year's data? Well, I'd say, I think the one surprise is we've seen tremendous growth in the expectation of the pipeline that marketing is supposed to initiate and influence. So mm-hmm. for initiation, for example, of marketers are expected to initiate more than 30% of the pipeline and 31% more than 40% of the pipeline. And that's, that's real growth. We have in four years, for example, four years ago, we were um, at uh, in the, in the thirties and forties overall compared to 55% over, over 30%. So we've seen real growth in the expect expected contribution for marketing. And in terms of them actually hitting the, their numbers, the the vast majority of them are actually hitting those, um, you know, advanced targets at this point. So to me, that that was one of the absolute um, surprises, just seeing the expectations and the ability to to meet those expectations. Um, the other thing too that that um, surprised me in the numbers, based on the clients we're working with, everybody wants to move to a multi-touch attribution model. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has figured out how to do so, either technology or business process, or even just culturally. Yet the data showed that fifty-nine percent of um, respondents are measuring contribution through a multi-touch model today, which hmm. Again, surprised me based on the numbers. What are some best practices in that? Like what's working in attribution, that multi-touch model? Well, I think it starts with culture and agreement internally that marketing has a role to play in influencing the pipeline, not just initiating, right? I I think, again, to me, that's the signal of an organization that gets it, that marketing and sales need to be aligned throughout Mm -hmm. the buyer journey and client lifecycle. And marketing isn't just a top of the funnel lead generator. 
So to me, that is the absolute best practices, starting with strategic alignment from the CMO to the head of sales that marketing has a role to play throughout the buyer journey. Mm-hmm. And then and then from there, it's how do we organize our, our marketing organization to deliver on that on that mission, right? How do we align our content people, our digital teams, our marketing operations teams to to build the content, to put in place the infrastructure, to build the processes, to focus their campaigns on supporting the entire buyer journey. Mm-hmm. Now, and then in terms of measurement, it's about, okay, what are the, you know, do we have the right data? Do we have clean data going into the system um, and do, you know, a combination of CRM and, and marketing automation? Uh, do we have our technology ecosystem um, architected to support data management, data governance, um, garbage data in, really hard to measure attribution out, you know, and then there's some great tools like a visible, for example, from Adobe that make it easier to, to measure multi-touch attribution with a variety of different multi-touch models. So interesting. You know what, what was, um, what was, was fascinating to me was when we were, you look at the research that you did on organizational marketing priorities. Um, when you're looking at the revenue marketing priorities of an organization, um, 58% of companies, as I read this, put a high priority on improving conversion rates throughout the middle and bottom of the funnel. Mm-hmm. So this is, I mean, this is really, and, and that, you know, that high, high focus was 58% in uh, 2021 research. Looks like 2020, it was a medium priority and with only 23% saying it was a high priority. Am I reading? No, no, I'm, I'm looking at this wrong, but I, this is like the, the focus right now, the, like the cry out of this research um, seems to be saying, hey, marketing, you're not just responsible for the beginning of the pipeline here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it, you know, it speaks to, to what we've been talking about and, um, you know, it, I, I think it, it really speaks to the recognition of, of, the need for marketing and the ability of marketing to, um, you know, to really rethink their historical processes and how they intersect and interact and even just roles within marketing. How do, how do worldwide digital marketers and regional marketers or field marketers support mm-hmm. um, filling the top of the funnel and then driving conversion throughout the, the buyer journey? And it's, you know, one of the, I think one of the really interesting areas of marketing that's had to kind of really rethink their mission and their role is regional or field marketing, right? Historically, those have been the the people that have both helped drive new leads, but then also obviously help accelerate deals with local, you know, in market events and mm-hmm. and uh, deal closing um, events and activities and. You know, in light of the digital revolution that's that's taken place, where really digital marketing out of worldwide headquarters, maybe with some regional um, centers of excellence in larger organizations, have have owned digital. The role of field marketing has really had to to have been reshaped into thinking: mm-hmm. How do we work with worldwide digital marketing to drive the top of the funnel, and then pick up on that to drive mid funnel and bottom of funnel, while recognizing that still the, the worldwide teams play a huge role through the digital properties that they manage in driving middle and bottom of funnel. So how do we integrate our efforts with them? Interesting. Really fascinating. What a, what a really cool conversation. And, and I know everyone listening in is going to want to get a copy of the 2021 revenue marketing B2B benchmark report. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can Google that as we wrap up uh, today, Mark, and just thank you so much for sharing time in this 
I'm just curious from your perspective, we looked at a lot of research here, but when you look forward um, from your perspective, what do you think should be um, on the radar, on the priority list of people with a, a revenue marketing focus as we look forward into 2021 and beyond? Yeah, I'll go off the page a little bit on this one, Daryl. One of the other, um, and this would be one of the other surprises that came up from the research is we asked um, marketers if they're using AI to plan or execute uh, their marketing programs now. And 82% said said yes. Uh, sorry, 18% said yes. Oh, okay. Uh, 80, oh, wow. 82% said no, right? Yeah. Um, sorry. That's going to change. No, I was like, wow, really? Yeah. I'm so out of touch. <laughs> but I think that's a real growth area, right? I think- um, Yeah, for I, sure. I, I've listened to a lot of work futurists um, of late, and you know they 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 kind of draw the analogy to the way that many organizations still structure their organization. It's kind of a Roman Empire model, right, where we need to hire all these people on payroll, right, full time employees. And the way we should be thinking about it is really threefold, right? The 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 Roman Empire employee, the gig economy worker, the flex worker, right, for mm-hmm. specific projects. And then, you know, what are tasks that are better suited to AI and computer-based learning, right? And it's, you know, it's not replacing individuals, it's recrafting roles and responsibilities and identifying, um, you know, what, what of those three is best suited to accomplish a given task. And I think within marketing, we still do, even though marketing automation um, has come so far in the last 15 years, and it sits at the the heart of a Martech stack. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot of marketing automation that we think of as humans that I really believe AI is better suited to. You know, what what day of the week should I send you an email? What time of day should I send you an email? Right? As humans, we're still deciding that, and I really think computer learning is best suited to to um, identifying that. Right? Which content should I send you based on previous behavior? We're still programming that in to marketing automation nurture. Right. And it's really, I think, AI that's better suited to actually identifying that based on your unique behavioral patterns. So I think that's a real interesting growth area um, that uh, I'm really keen to see how organizations continue to adapt their thinking about their talent, their organizational skills model, and the roles that they continue to insource, outsource, and then consider computer-based or AI um, for, for helping them with. Yeah, that's a fascinating perspective. And I um, just been reading some of Mark Benioff's work this year, and he was telling the story about um, how he was, um, I I believe he was talking, oh, I don't know if it was Microsoft or Apple. Now I don't want to misquote, but he was, he was having that high level conversation and and he publicly stated, I believe AI is going to be more impactful on this world than the internet was, which is a stunning Mm -hmm thing to say. And when you look at our practice of digital marketing, uh, which has, you know, all been about the internet to really think and, and even begin to dream about what AI could do. And I think the way you just put that as a third category, in-source, outsource, or AI is, um, that's a great way to begin thinking. And uh, we're going to have lots of conversations about AI in the uh, years to come, I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna be really fascinating. But what an incredibly fascinating conversation, Mark! And I love the work that you're doing at DemandSpring. Thanks for investing in us today, and um, thanks for doing this research and bringing bringing some color to it. This has been a really fascinating conversation. Yeah, it was great to join you today, Daryl. Thank you for inviting me, and I enjoyed the conversation as well. 
Awesome. And to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast uh, audience, thank you to you as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to meeting many of you and interacting with you during the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. As we said at the top of the show, if you'd like to learn more, just text the word alignment to 21,000. That's alignment to 21,000 or go to 2021alignmentchallenge.com. And uh, we've got some exciting things ahead next week. But until then, let's get out there. Let's work strategically to drive revenue. And as, a, as we always say, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.